they've created this panic and landlords are panicking, investors are panicking because they feel that they're going to be limited to what they can do on their on their investment. The second that comes into play, that 12 month window is just going to be absolute carnage yeah. for tenants. Fines are going to be upwards of £30,000. So if you like playing with fire, <laughs> then mm -hmm. um, this could be just the piece of legislation for you. You know what I'm going to ask here. And you can say no and nod at the same time. <laughs> can I serve the notice? Say my grandparents are moving in and then they never move in. Okay, everyone, and welcome to an episode of the Investors Corner. Delighted to say that we're joined by Liam today. And we're really going to get stuck into some fine details on what landlords and anyone that's looking to invest in property need to be thinking about over the coming years, shall we say. But Liam, when I was doing a little bit of research before this podcast, I stumbled across one of your clients, actually. And this okay. is what they said to me about yourself. In the films, if you're in trouble, they call Batman. In real life, you call Liam Connolly. Oh, no, they didn't. So that. tell us a little bit about <laughs> tell us a little bit about what you do day to day. Well, I live in Wayne Manor. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a dispute resolution um, solicitor, and I deal mostly with landlord and tenant and property-based claims. So if it's affixed to the ground and you can have an argument over it, then um, I'm probably the person that you would you'd want to talk to about it. Do you have your own sign? That you... I wish I had my own <laughs> sign. I'm going to have to invest in that. We'll, we'll see whether the firm is willing to put some, some, some proper money into it. I'm happy to get involved in financing it. <laughs> just for, can, just for the social content. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love that. So, Andy, I know you were keen to um, really get stuck into the finer details of this today. So, in terms of what's going on and what people need to be thinking about, thank you for coming in. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for inviting me. No, you're very welcome. And thanks for putting a bit of effort and time. Not all guests put as much effort and time in yeah. as, a, uh, as a PowerPoint, which no one needs to see, but just to make sure that the, the facts and the figures and the prompts are there for you as well. So what is going on in general for landlords that they're maybe not thinking about that they should be? So as long ago as 2019, Theresa May said that we should think about abolishing Section 21. And everything that's happened has been a really long time in the making. We've had a white paper last year where they talked about what change might possibly come. Anyone who's interested in looking at it, that was produced in June 2022, and it's called a fairer private rented sector. That was the white paper. And um, we've got some draft legislation now. So um, we've got a draft Renters Reform Act bill, and that is basically going to bring in or proposing to bring in significant changes to how the housing, the rented housing sector is going to work going forward. And I've put together a few slides um, really to prompt me more than anything else <laughs> on what the main changes are that people can expect to see, because there is an awful lot that's in the bill and there are, there are a lot of things in there that are in there now that probably won't be in there when we see a final bill if we have we ever mm -hmm. see one. It shows how hard it is for general public, you know, private landlords, landlords looking to get into it, that, you know, between the four of us in this room, bearing in mind the professions that we're in, it's not something you could just roll off the top of your head. So what chance do the property investors and the landlords mm -hmm. out there have to remember it? That's why we do these 
podcast and that's also why there's people like yourself and obviously Mike, Andy and me trying to really make people aware of it. It's not easy, is it? No, it's not. It's really extensive. And I've just picked on a few of the main points to talk about for today. Um, If you're having trouble sleeping, you could print off a copy of it, take it to bed with you. And I guarantee you'll be you'll be out like a light within about fifteen minutes. <laughs> so how um, long is it? Yeah. How many pages? Oh goodness knows. It it's it's a lengthy it's a lengthy bill, and you would expect it to be for the sorts of changes that that we're talking about. It, it is going to be a big difference. But the main problem is landlords have been forced to guess what's going to happen for four years now, and an untold amount of time still before anything happens well so people with property it's reasonably illiquid as an asset so people are having to make decisions based on not a lot of facts that's right and it's still got a long way to go so it's still got to go through the house of commons it's still got to go through the house of lords you can expect to see changes to it it will be redrafted several times there will be things that are in there now that won't be in the final um the final bill or the final piece of legislation and um, we also don't know what impact a general election will have mm. on any of this. So if we have a general election, will this policy uh, or will this um, will this um, legislation see the light of day? I, I, was, I suspect it will, but um, we still don't know what. A version of it. Maybe we, not yeah. this still, exact yeah, version. Exactly. We still don't know. And that's what, what I say to like. clients at the moment, that it's not going to be the final version. So no. they've created this panic and landlords are panicking, investors are panicking because they feel that they're going to be limited to what they can do on their mm. on their investment, which might be the case. But right now it's don't panic because nothing is sort of set in stone, really. You, you've got the, like you said, it's got to go through a timeline. It's got to go through various different stages. And it might be 2025 before we see anything sort of set in stone really so um yeah i think one of the biggest things that i saw panic on was about the section 21 notes notices yeah. which i'm sure you've got a that, slide i think on. i think that might be the first one that might be one. there you go that may be well be <laughs> I feel the like it's like point. something like yeah. the top of the pops in at one this week <laughs> yeah. with Liam. let's go but you can't uh, i mean you can't get rid of something like section 21 and it not be the main point yeah. so for anyone not familiar with it section 21 is basically is the basis of a no fault eviction if you have previously complied with everything that you needed to comply with as an landlord you can serve at the end of a term your section 21 notice and you can expect your tenant to vacate the property mm. if they don't you can take possession proceedings and a court will have to grant a possession order it's a mandatory ground there doesn't have to be any fault they have to go what the legislation will mean is bye-bye section 21 there won't be a no-fault eviction process anymore it will be completely gone um landlords wanting to take possession are only going to have available to them section 8 of the housing act and it will be an extended section 8 so i can talk about that in a, in a bit more um detail when we get to it but the what, rationale what, why why would that Want, what's the logic from Theresa May to want that to be evicted? Can well, we explain that? I can produce a quote 
I've got a quote. I love a quote. To, I've got a quote <laughs> like as my to Batman why. quote. I like so others too. Their reasoning why, the government's reasoning is removing Section 21 will level the playing field between tenant and landlord, empowering ta- tenants to challenge poor practice, as well as incentivizing landlords to engage and resolve issues. Now, I'm not sure that answers the question at all. Mm. Really, in terms not sure of it levels of why no, they either. No, I would probably say it. It weights it certainly yeah. <laughs> in a lot more, it, a lot more towards the tenant. I, I think it, I certainly do think it's good to to drive a balance where everyone's looked after in a fair way, and there is equity of arms in in some way. But maybe this goes a little bit too far. If you look at what Section Eight is going to is going to have in it, or if you look at how the process is going to work, should I say, going forward, landlords aren't going to have a right to say to a tenant, right, I want you to move on now. I, I need I need the property on a no-fault basis. But tenants are going to be able to still serve notice. I think two mm. months notice is what we're what we're talking about. So they will be able to move on relatively easy, but a landlord won't have the same reciprocal right to say, well, I want my property back on two mm. months' notice, which is what we used to have under Section 21. So what we're going to have to have instead is a much wider um, Section 8, and that's that's what they're proposing, um, which will, I think, mimic in some ways what we've got with Section 21, but it's still a lot more complicated. Um, what I would say to landlords who are worried about it is that there is going to be a transitional phase to all of this. It's not going to suddenly happen overnight. Mm. And even if, even when the legislation is passed and it's it becomes statute mm. and it's enshrined in law, um, change is going to be implemented in two stages. So I've made a note of those here. Six months after the Act is introduced, new tenancies will not be allowed to use Section 21. So you're still going to have six months for any new tenancies created after the legislation is passed. In terms of older tenancies that are passed that have created before the legislation goes through, you're going to have, and it's I've got it in inverted commas because it's not clear from the legislation what it's going to be. It says at least 12 months later, the older tenancies will not be able to use Section 21. So if you've got a tenancy, current tenancy with a tenant and you want it back after this legislation is passed, you're going to probably have from the date that this legislation goes to at least 12 months still to use your section 21 notice and the same goes for um, newer tenancies but you have six months instead so it's not panic stations just yet you're still going to be able to do those things if you suddenly decide this is too much for me i'd like my property back and i'm going to sell it Mm. you're you're still going to have the option to do it the new legislation doesn't suddenly mean overnight you're you're stuck with your you're stuck with your tenant which I think a lot of people think that once it's introduced, it's going to affect them straight away. Yeah. So what you've just said there is, yeah, there's no panic to it because if your plans change at that point, then you've still got a period of time where you can serve notice. You're still so, going to have that transitional period. Yeah. I just think back to certain catalyst moments in the property market dating back to when I started in 2003 and I think of things like when the 3% stamp duty additional came in for landlords. I think about stamp duty holidays that have come in as well. And I now think about that and I just see the second that comes into play, that 12-month window, 
is just going to be absolute carnage yeah. for tenants as well. Because worse for tenants. Worse, worse for tenants. Else. They're yeah. trying to level yeah. the playing field. Yeah. You've just evicted yeah. half of the tenant population yeah. in the country overnight. Mm. Is, is the facts of what will happen? Yeah. Because I will on my property. Because mm. I'm looking at it from my point of view, yeah. thinking you've just removed the ability for my to me achieving my goal of purchasing that buy to let. You certainly made it harder. Yeah. Because most people have got it with the sort of almost pension fund type scenario, the long term game. And if the goalposts get moved from the landlord that potentially you're not going to be in the position you would like to be and it's not as clean cut as it was before, we just bring it forward and you just look at that that equity, that cash being put into a different investment that potentially gives you more control. Hmm. Because now as a landlord, with something like that coming into play, the amount of control you've actually got over your own property, it is yours, it's not the tenants, yeah. it is your property, you own it. Yeah. Um, by land registry, you own that title is all of a sudden just being like whipped away from you. Mm. I just think there'll be a, a, an onslaught of, of landlords serving notice to their tenant and inevitably selling, which is the absolute last yeah. thing we need in the property market at the moment is more landlord selling. You may well. I, I, I have spoken to lots of people who are landlords and I have told them about what's coming and what's on the horizon and it is frightening for a, a lot of them. Um, so I can completely understand how you would feel personally about it as well, because it's it's how a lot of people are it's how a lot of people are, are feeling. If you make something more difficult and you remove a right that you've had um, before, then um, naturally people are gonna gonna be spooked mm. by it. So you've you've just convinced Ian to sell his rental portfolio, Liam. <laughs> yeah. Scared the scared the crap well, out of it. Sanjay. <laughs> let's get a beat the portals going. Yeah. <laughs> Ian's Ian's read the newspaper headlines of of Section Twenty One's been repealed and he can't have his house back. What's what's the counter to it? What's the don't worry because? That's a good question, Mike. Um, Try to be positive. <laughs> <laughs> well, Section Eight, as I mentioned, will be extended. So previously there was a, there was an old ground like. Uh, uh, your grounds for possession when you're serving your Section 8 notice are basically set out at Schedule 2 of the Housing Act, as you, yep. as you will probably know. As I well know. As you well know. Um, and at the moment, it, it lists a number of things that you can rely upon that you can put in your notice. That list of things is going to be extended and it's going to be adjusted so that you have more grounds or some of the things that have infuriated and frustrated us in the past are different and are being changed so that they work better or in in theory they will work better we'll have to wait these are discretionary grounds we'll have to wait and see if we do so currently there is there's a ground one where a landlord if they give notice at the beginning of a tenancy that they may want the property back at some time to live in it they can take the property back and that you would rely on that in a section eight notice you'd say right i want the property back because i want to live in it now they're going to extend that so landlords will be able to give notice if they or close family members and that would include grandparents siblings grandchildren want to move into the property so if i'm if i'm moving overseas for two years on a work visa from my own main house renting out my main house which happens a lot in the home Mm. counties in theory i can serve a notice before i go to say this is my main residence. So I'm going to be taking this property back if, at some point. If somebody's going to live in it, if if a family, if you want a family member to live in it, someone who's who, who's close to you, 
um, grandparents, siblings, grandchildren, that sort of thing, your kids, then yes, you can. There's no notice requirement anymore at the beginning of the tenancy. You don't have to say anymore, I might take it back for this reason, but it can be a reason later now. So you can say, I want it back because I want a family member to live in it and you'll be able to serve a notice and you'll be able to take possession on okay. that basis. That's grey area because <laughs> you know what I'm going to ask here and you can say no and nod at the same time. <laughs> can I serve the notice, say my grandparents are moving in and then they never move in? Uh, no, you can't you do nodding? that. Uh, uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> you could, but there there is a, pre- a prohibition from immediately re-letting it to somebody and the fines are going to be upwards of £30,000 so if you like playing with fire <laughs> then mm-hmm. um, this could be just the piece of legislation for you if you, if you enjoy life on the... So your tenant the, could keep a re- close eye on you and see the property being could. re-let could. and therefore call the tenancy police we'll, we'll have to look at how the legislation plays out on that because the wording is well you can't immediately relet it so sure. yeah they've uh, been specific in new kitchen how long <laughs> who knows how long <laughs> three months six months it could be it could be mm. three months it could be six months right. i don't think it's meant to be a blanket ban on you ever letting the property yeah. again yeah um, i want to know who the tenancy police will be yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's I, the same as the board police. same as the epc yeah. police yeah yeah i'm confused to all of these things. well there'll be a new ombudsman um, which was one of the things that i was going to talk about later they're, they're going to introduce an ombudsman um that's going to specifically police these things the findings of the ombudsman that a landlord or tenant can refer a dispute to will be binding so if there are disputes in relation to how the tenancy is working, whether or not someone is complying with their obligations, then you can refer things to an ombudsman. They will have powers to also issue fines. Um, mm. I don't think it's going to replace the court system. So I think a scenario like this one, if uh, a landlord says, well, I'm going to let to a family member and then doesn't and takes the property, takes the property back, I can see that being a scenario that would have to be probably determined claim, by, yeah. Yeah, by a court in Andy, terms of whether or not that, that person's been evicted. Liam and Mike should run that ombudsman. Yeah, <laughs> you can imagine it, can you? I just, I'd just, i love to be a fly on the wall in the conversation. Mike, the bad case cop, yeah. the good cop. <laughs> but the, one, the one thing I know is uh, we're going to have another bill every year for a yeah. membership as a business yeah. for another ombudsman. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Well, yeah, very possibly. It's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> um, it, landlords are going to have a, certainly have another bill because you're going to have a process now where you will have to um, register your tenancy mm-hmm. um, and that's mandatory yeah. and if you don't comply with that there will be a fine so um, I'm probably jumping the gun that's definitely on a later slide <laughs> um, we have a habit of doing this with yeah. our questions yeah. we, we like to confuse the order of the guests yeah. points that's alright um Back to the possession grounds, so Section 8 and its extension, there's going to be a, gra- a new Ground 1A. So we just talked about Ground 1 and how that's going to be expanded. Don't worry, I'm not going to go through all of the grounds. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a new Ground 1A, and basically you will be able to obtain possession where you are intending to sell your property. So that gives you at least some comfort mm-hmm. as a as a landlord. It's not the case you're granting a tenancy to a tenant, 
and you can never then dispose or deal with your property in any specific way. The tenancy will have to be at least six months old before you do it. So you can't let it to somebody and then say, oh, I've decided I'm putting it on the market now. Again, so it's just like a section 21 in that, so in that it standard. Would be, you give minimum six months security to a tenant. And there will be a two-month notice as well. Sounds familiar, like, doesn't um, it? Yeah. Yeah. Ian, like, are you okay? Are you the keeping heart the rate portfolio? Changed your mind. The heart rate's back now. <laughs> so basically, we're just throwing a few different numbers around. <laughs> and just, we copy and pasted from section 21 that line, and we yeah. just slotted it in an eight, basically. It's a, it's a 1A now. Yeah, okay. Um, keep that in your mind. Tattoo it on your arm. One A. <laughs> but 1A. in summary, for layman's terms, for anyone that's listening like me that just wants it kind of dumbed down a little bit, what we're now saying is you can still evict your tenant if you want to sell. Yes. You can still evict your tenant if they've been a bad tenant. Yes. But if they've been a good tenant, then they've got a right to stay there longer than right the tenancy there. agreement. Yeah. And most tenancies where the tenant is a good tenant the landlord doesn't really want exactly to remove them and yeah. doesn't have any interest in removing them the only the, the main consequences that i come across or the main circumstances rather i come across where a landlord wants their property back is because the tenant is either being very difficult or they're not paying rent yeah mm. so if you've got a good tenant, you, you're probably not going to have those circumstances where you want the property back unless you want to either have a family member live in it or you want to live in it yourself or you want to sell it. So it may be that in in practice, our extended Section 8 doesn't really, doesn't really change very much. Yeah. The other warning I would say for people who are thinking about, well, what if I just say I want to sell it? And mm. then I serve a notice. I was just going to come on to that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy <laughs> who said only 50% of houses that come on the market to sell actually sell. I think you would probably have to show your your firm intention that you wanted to sell it. Or there will be a risk to you yes. if you mm. decide, well, I'm, oh, I'm going to say I'm putting it on the market. I'm not. I mean, that would be obviously incredibly dishonest and yes. you'd have potentially a big fine again yeah um the they, risk to the landlord to that cool. as well is you've got a vacant property yeah that's costing you money it's or not making you money, you money depending Co on what your common sense says that you're going to have to put six months in between if you if you remove a tenant for that reason then relet it you're gonna have to put a six month gap mm. in aren't you to say yeah. well i tried to sell it it fell through multiple amounts of time and now i'm having to take action which is you know, a fair period of time, isn't it? Exactly that. Um, serious antisocial behaviour. Currently, it's four weeks notice. That's going to be reduced to two weeks. So that's good. Um, that would be another ground on which you could get possession of your property. There's going to be a new ground 8A. Um, and I think this is a really good one. Um, previously, we've had ground 8, which you might know about or might not know about. So where a tenant has a obligation to pay rent it's monthly they're two months in arrears that's a mandatory ground for possession you serve your section 8 notice if you get to court and the tenant is still in arrears two months arrears then the court has no discretion they have to grant an order for possession now previously it's created a slightly frustrating scenario where a tenant just before you appear at court pays the arrears 
Mm. And so you go into court and you say to the judge, I can't say to you anymore that there are two months arrears of rent because the tenant has paid a pound, has yeah. paid all of the arrears, has completely cleared them or has brought it below the two month level. So you're then at a stage where you're relying on discretionary grounds if you put them in your notice, which you should do in every in every mm. circumstance to avoid that 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 possible um, disappointment. Now this section, this ground eight A, is going to change things because it it basically says you can issue a notice to tenants who've been in at least two months of arrears on at least three occasions in three years. So it can be used if a tenant is not in arrears at the time of the court hearing. So if that's proven, landlords will only need to provide four weeks notice and it will be a mandatory ground. So if there's a history of late payments and it's two months of arrears on at least three occasions over three years, that will become mandatory, which will be a lot better mm. than sensible. the current ground eight that we've got in place at the moment, which can be really difficult and can leave landlords relying on well they're sometimes late or they're persistently late in paying which were all discretionary grounds so a court has a discretion and can say well there might have been a good reason for that which is fair enough i think but this is going to be a lot better ian heart rate monitor how are we where are we are we now below the where garments are we right, more yeah. confident the garments are right yeah i've cancelled <laughs> the beat the portals with sanjay <laughs> <laughs> and we're back in the game yeah. so that, that's good that's good. The reason why I said it, though, is because let's profile a, a classic landlord. Yeah, here. absolutely. And the classic landlord has an element of control freak in them. Typically, mm, you know, yeah. we, we've got the best part of 60 years worth mm -hmm. of experience as estate agents, letting agents here. You will have dealt with numerous landlords. There is an element of control freak in a lot of landlords. If you profile them, it's not a bad thing. It's, you know, you get that in senior levels of management and things like that. And what that felt like at the beginning is the control was being removed. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now what we're seeing is actually there is a little bit of common sense and logic that's being put in there as well to kind of almost go, right, this is void, but this is the common sense that's coming in, which is great. And, you know, I appreciate you putting the time and effort into explaining it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a case of, well, this is void. We're not doing this anymore. It gives people a bit more certainty in terms of um, how long they can stay, that you're not going to pull the rug. But it also looks at the the common reasons why people take possession proceedings. And for me, the most common is they're not paying rent. And in the past, people have managed to avoid possession orders by paying at the 11th hour and then just relying on disc discretionary grounds. That's not going to be the case anymore if, if this goes through. It remains to be seen whether it does. And mm. it's sensible. Um, I do have some worries about it. And the way that the way that these things are, are going to work going forward, so it, it's every tenancy that's going to be created now is going to be a periodic tenancy. There's not going to be a fixed term tenancy anymore. It's not going to be the case that you can say, "Well, I'll let this property to you for six months, mm. or I'll let it to you for twelve months." It's going to be periodic. So if you pay rent monthly, then it's likely it's going to be a monthly periodic tenancy, and you're not going to be able to just easily determine that anymore i do wonder how, what the knock-on effect for something like that it for example student letting might be mm. so you let a property to a student for a year what happens when the student gets to the end of the year and decides they don't want to leave mm. have you not then just damaged the available housing stock for students 
that's an incredible gray area because we're talking about well you only want the house back mm. because you want to sell it this yeah. that and the other but student housing that's not the case no. you want the house back over the summer to to let some sling some magnolia around and then and then relet yeah um so it remains to be seen i think they have to rethink that i uh, i've seen a lot of comments along those lines and i think that they will probably be alive to it by the time any legislation is passed so short-term student Could use letting. probably yeah. <laughs> probably well you know, you know, <laughs> we've got to go on here what are the other key points that's that's in the bill at the moment so other changes you've got um tenants are going to be allowed to keep a pet with the landlord's consent and that consent is not to be unreasonably withheld so that is fair. so if we're saying that if they've got a leasehold property and there's something in the lease to say that they can't keep pets at the property that's a, a reason why they can't have a pet in that in that property that's if they haven't got anything like that then well it. yeah going forward now a, a landlord's not going to be able to unreasonably refuse mm. a request from a tenant to keep a pet at the property depends if reasonable means common sense yeah. Yeah. or whether there's a reasonable def for me if i'm renting a one-bedroom house and the tenant's got four german shepherds yeah it is reasonable for me to turn them down yeah. to say on the basis this property got- doesn't mm isn't big enough and doesn't have the facility for you. I, I have to have a look at it, but I think it says a pet, which sort of suggests singular. Rather Interesting. Than a... <laughs> that's, a, that's a great one. <laughs> but um, Nothing like a loophole I'd, in the I'd, law, I'd, I'd Liam. Have, I'd, have to, I'd have to have a look at that in a which bit more detail. Which goldfish is going to get <laughs> <Yeah>. the toilet? <laughs> that, that can't be right. So I'll, I'll, I'll have to have a look at that again, but um, the tenants are going to have to have a policy of insurance in place. So that's something that's that's helpful that yep. maybe uh, maybe um gives a bit of oh dear, i lost it for a minute mind. and i was thinking about referencing goldfish and stuff <laughs> like that. let's get back in the room <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of other things um i've listed just a few of them so i come across i still come across i don't know why i do in 2022 a scenario where landlords have let a property to a tenant without providing a tenancy agreement or any written statement of terms whatsoever um, that's going to be changed a landlord will now have to provide a statement of terms and information to a tenant before the commencement of the tenancy again if you don't do that you're going to be fined i think the maximum fine is five thousand pounds for that um, we mentioned it before tenants will be able to provide two months notice expiring at the end of a period of the tenancy but you can agree shorter periods if you want to so that's that's fair enough Uh, We talked about the landlord portal and ombudsman that's going to be introduced. Membership of that's going to be mandatory. Again, fine up to £5,000 if you don't register the tenancy that you have. Um, The ombudsman will have the power to award up to £30,000 in compensation to tenants and the decision will be binding. Rent review is another one that I wanted to just briefly flag. Mm. Landlords are going to be restricted to one rent review or increase per year. Uh, and the notice period for that has been increased to two months. Um, doesn't mean it can't be challenged. Tenants can still challenge that in the first tier tribunal if they think the rent is too high. Okay. Um, is there anything else? Um, deposits. I think probably we're talking about deposits. Section 21 is going away, but that doesn't mean the stringent requirements of deposits is going on. Now, previously, if you are... If you haven't been very good with your paperwork and you 
haven't properly protected a deposit and provided the tenant with the prescribed information that you're supposed to provide to them uh, within 28 days of registering a deposit, you wouldn't be able to serve a Section 21 notice until you had um, returned the deposit or in the case if you haven't provided the statutory information, you've actually provided you provide yeah. the information correctly, correctly issue there. Section 21 going away, it used to be that you would rely on Section 8, and if you had grounds under Section 8, it didn't matter that you hadn't protected the deposit, you could still serve that notice. That's not going to be the case anymore. So you're not going to be able to use Section 8 as a fallback if you haven't properly protected the deposit. It doesn't, of course, mean that you can't return the deposit to the tenant and then serve a Section 8 notice, but it's something to be alive to something mm. certainly for, for landlords as a know. letting agent of 18 years i didn't know that was the case even now really i didn't know you could get away literally get away with not doing your job properly yeah and still serve a section eight. you could serve mm. a section i eight genuinely notice. didn't know no. that yeah so if a tenant doesn't pay their not that i haven't done my job properly yeah, all my no. deposits are registered <laughs> no. but i know a big company with a certain advertising brand who big problems this year for not registering the deposits properly. you've you've still got to have a ground eight no a section eight Reason. ground yep. to rely upon to serve a section eight notice but if say for example the tenant's not paying their rent and they haven't for a considerable period of time and you can make out grounds eight ten and eleven um you can serve a section eight notice even though you haven't properly registered wow. a deposit that's new. New to me. Not new. Well, well not new, but new to me. Well, it's going to I, I knew. I knew. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, that's going to be that's going to be done away with now. That's yeah, the only way we didn't know it. Now. <laughs> that's irrelevant. <laughs> section 21, section 21 going, they have to make sure that they've obviously invested a lot of time and energy in levelling the playing field and bringing in all of these I think that's perfectly fair, though. I don't see yeah. anything in yeah. that list that, doesn't actually for once make sense yeah right so those are the main um the main things that i've picked out of the of, of the draft legislation there's a lot more in there if anyone is interested in looking at it um you can easily google it you can easily find uh, the renters reform act draft bill um and of course if anyone listening out there in podcast land has any questions i'd be more than happy to answer them if anyone um, thinks we haven't covered something today that they, it's a burning question they'd like to have in their mind or we'll obviously contact Avocado if you've got any questions in the first instance because you know we'll have the answer. We'll put all of the contact details obviously in the YouTube and the podcast show notes as well so if you do want to speak to Liam and get more information on because everyone's circumstance is going to be individual so yeah. it's much easier to have a conversation with a circumstance a case study than it is obviously the wider audience so i think it'd be logical if, if people do want to know more so right. yeah absolutely and i massively appreciate you putting the time and effort into summarizing what is a very complex paper to actually digest at the best of times yeah. <laughs> or at any time um and i think people will have taken a lot from that and i think what what comes next is a consistent rollout from from us, you know, constantly in communication yeah. to, to just keep people updated. So, you know, at the moment, it is a little bit of a grey area. It really is. What we've got now may not be what we end up with. Yeah. So mm. we just have to keep 
keep an eye on it. But you have to plan ahead. I think you, that's the, the key thing. We've always mentioned that when you're investing in, in property, you're investing because you've got a goal in mind. If this is going to change your goal, you might need to pivot and change how you're looking after your property, what your plan of action is, how the finance is set up, um, and maybe the strategy as well. So it's it's a really good thing to be on top of early. Absolutely, yes. Because sometimes, you know, you can't just go drop of a hat and, and change everything to make it work. So thank you for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Why have we made the Investor's Corner podcast, Ian? I think online at the moment, there is just way too much noise, waffle and nonsense. Everyone's got an agenda. So the goal was to make a podcast for people that want to invest money in property or other areas where there's no waffle, there's no nonsense, there's no agenda. It's opinion led, but it's an honest opinion. And it might not be the right answer, but we're going to share it. So on the podcast, we're going to supply people with access to mortgage brokers, financial advisors, planning experts, development consultants, everything around the property industry and the wider fields. Yeah, so if you're looking at investing in the future, you know that just having an income from your employer or from your business is not enough to give you the life that you want down the line. We're going to hopefully give you some of those answers that will give you the solutions you need for the future. So please hit the subscribe button. The more subscribers we get, better guests that we can get on and the more people that we can reach. So hit subscribe.